Hello, everyone, and welcome to the American Blue Economy Podcast. I'm your host, Admiral Tim Gallaudet, CEO of Ocean STL Consulting and former Deputy Administrator of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA. I was also the Assistant Secretary of Commerce and before that, the Oceanographer of the Navy. We're a monthly offering by the American Shoreline Podcast Network and brought to you by Coastal News Today. The American Blue Economy podcast brings together leading voices in the ocean, coastal, and Great Lakes-based economies to expand awareness and collaboration, identify positive solutions to address the many challenges to the ocean economy, such as conflicting uses and climate change, and provide thought leadership to support our post-pandemic national recovery. In today's episode, we're going to give you another example of how the military connects to the blue economy. Recall that last month we interviewed Project Recover, a nonprofit that is using blue tech to find, recover, and repatriate the remains of fallen U.S. service members that have been missing in action. In our show today, we'll meet former service members who are very much living. We are talking about Force Blue, a veterans nonprofit with the important mission of ocean conservation. Now, in previous episodes of the American Blue Economy podcast, we learned all about how conserving coral reefs, or preventing and cleaning up marine plastic pollution, and even protecting iconic marine life like sea turtles and marine mammals, all provide significant economic benefits to our country. And this is the kind of work that Forest Blue does, and they do it well. And they do it also to help veterans not just give back and heal the ocean, but oftentimes heal themselves. So just, they're a fascinating group a high-impact group, and I am just delighted to get in her way. So let's let's introduce our first guest. It's the CEO and co-founder of Force Blue, Jim Ritterhoff. Jim, it is just fantastic for you to be here. Glad to be here with you. All right. And we also have Force Blue's Dive Operations Director and former Navy diver, Angelo Fiore. Angelo, great to have you. Right on, Tim. Super to be here. And we also have former Navy SEAL, Steve Gonzo-Gonzalez, Special Projects Coordinator, Blue Yaw Gonzo, thanks for coming. Thank you, sir. It's great to be here. Right on. Let's start with CEO Jim Ritterhoff and founder. Uh, Jim, I, why don't you share, please, not just the mission, but also the origins of how, how Force Blue came about. Well, thanks, Tim. Yeah, uh, Force Blue started um, back in 2015. And really, it began because uh, a, a very dear friend of mine, who's one of my fellow co-founders, a gentleman named Rudy Reyes, uh, who had uh, served multiple combat tours as a recon, force recon Marine, um, had, you know, fallen on some hard times in his transition out of the military. Um, you know, uh, anyone who knows Rudy, uh, he, he uh, is one of the fittest men on the planet physically, uh, but he had reached a point, you know, having left the service where things had started to go south. And he, uh, he and I met in New York, and it was coincidental that I was going diving. I've been a diver my whole life, and it's, it's really been, uh, marine conservation has been a big passion of mine for several decades now. And I was going diving the, the following week down to the Cayman Islands, um, where a third friend of ours, who's also a co-founder, a, guy, a gentleman named Keith Sam, ran a dive resort. Um, Basically, I saw that Rudy was was having a tough time. I invited him to come with me. Um, he didn't have really anything, uh, uh, you know. As Rudy put it, he didn't have a, a you know a pot to piss in, literally. But I um 
I called Keith and I explained Rudy's situation and Rudy or Keith said, just get him down here. And the result was uh, three friends diving together on the amazing uh, coral reefs of, of Grand Cayman. And we saw what it did for Rudy. You know, he came up ecstatic from his, his very first dive, you know, because he'd seen a fish. And we're like, well, yeah, there's thousands of fish. It's a healthy coral reef because you don't understand the kind of diving I did in the military. We didn't look around. You know, it was on a rebreather at night in cold water, hauling 70 pounds of gear. This is the first time I've ever experienced um, what the underwater world really, truly is all about. And um, it didn't take long from there for us to realize, like, well, if this is so therapeutic for Rudy, maybe it would be therapeutic for other um, other veterans. And and then the idea really came out, came about wanting to to somehow merge these two seemingly unrelated problems, right? One is, as you're well aware, the rapidly declining health of our oceans and our marine resources. It's just a fact. Um, and the shortage of, of manpower really involved in the fight to, to make something happen, to, to change that. Uh, we have a, a marine scientific community that is under-resourced um, out there every day, you know, understaffed, under-resourced, but trying to make a difference, they surely could use the type of skills that these underwater operators like Rudy and Gonzo and Angelo uh, possess. So we could be a great workforce. The second problem was the difficulty that we're seeing far too many of our servicemen and women having, like Rudy, with their transition after two decades of war into civilian life. So what if we could create an organization that would address both? And that was really how Force Blue came about. And it was six years ago. And we've been, you know, we've been deploying and, and, and making a difference ever since. Well, gosh, Jim, it's such a win-win what you all do. And I was so pleased to be introduced to you around 2018 or 19 when I was, uh, I think, the deputy administrator of NOAA, and I was such a fan of the Coral Reef Conservation Program, which provided you funding. So that work in terms of ocean health and the, and the scientific support of it, I was just so keen on. And in the veterans health part of it, even more so, uh, you talked about difficult diving. My wife, Karen, was a Navy salvage diver and uh, very challenging for her, especially being a woman. And, sh and she left the Navy kind of... Um, because of because of things like that, she had her own kind of uh, recovery mentally in terms of mental health to deal with. And as you mentioned, the the suicide rate of veterans right now is through the roof and active duty. It's horrible. So this is such a great thing you're doing. And um, I just love it. So there's so much to talk about. But let's bring in Angelo. Uh, Angelo, you were a Navy diver. Could you tell us about your background and what led you to Force Blue? Uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was kind of funny. I grew up on the New Jersey shore. Uh, and you know, it's kind of funny how uncle Sam, when they get you in the military, they always kind of find a way for you and you'd be pretty good at this. So, um, you know, I had never dove before and, um, but you know, I was pretty water aquatic, um, being around that type of an environment. But, you know, when I went into the military in 1986, <clears throat> you know, it was kind of a, back then, you know, there wasn't the internet or you really didn't know anything or you, there was no prepping for these types of programs and you would just show up, you know, I got selected to go to, to diving, to diver training and, 
I went through and it was kind of unique because uh, you really don't have an opportunity to kind of pre-orientate yourself with everything. So some of the days, you know, as you're going through a trend, you're like, what do you expect me to do? And, you know, you're kind of, it's all catching you by surprise. But I was fortunate enough to graduate, um, become a second class Navy diver. Um, and from there, I went on to the Naval Underwater System Center up in Newport, where we had the opportunity to work with Mobile Unit 12 and EOD squad. Um, and then also we linked up, uh, ran support for SEAL Team 2 as they would come in and do their cold water stuff. And then we would also do some research and develop. And then from there, we, uh, I, was, I, went, I had the opportunity to go to a diver first class training, another six months of training down in Panama City, where we picked up all of our advanced diving, gas diving techniques, diving supervisor training. And then I went back out to the fleet and ran a team down in the southeast. And then from there, I was selected to move on to uh, special projects. Um, after that tour, um, I, was, I just decided it was after the Gulf War and I was able to uh, transition out of the military and take the skills that the military had trained me to do um, and actually go out into the um, civilian world, if you would, and just kind of just that love of diving that the military had taught me um, kind of transitioned into the recreational uh, into the recreational market where I was able to land a job, have a successful business, and be part of the recreational diving community. Um, it was through the recreational diving community that I was able to, um, you know, one day in 2016, I think it was, at a DEMA trade show, which is a diving equipment uh, show, you know, Jim and Rudy and Keith had constructed this organization on a bar napkin. Um, they <laughs> literally showed up at DEMA with a uh, a booth with a bunch of pictures on it. And Rudy Reyes ran into me on the diving floor on the show floor. And he was like, started telling me all about this organization. And, um, you know, and I was just sitting there and I said, you know, it sounds pretty good. And, you know, you kind of mentioned the suicide rate earlier about the veterans, uh, the challenges that we face and, um, and we were very hypersensitive about it. And so, you know, for me, if you could have told me we were an organization that was going to go out and chop down trees and it was going to bring down, it was going to bring awareness to the veteran suicide rate. Um, I would have done that because it was, it, for me, it was about the veteran awareness, but it was only through force blue that I was able to expand my, you know, getting linked into that, the Marine conservation, the underwater exploration that I was able to really broaden the scope of what my of what I was able to understand and comprehend and start to truly witness the the amount of importance that the ocean brings to us not just from a military standpoint but from an environmental standpoint and how important it is to us so I am thankful that I was able to link into Force Blue and I know we always say about you know um, you know that a lot of times that you know I always get say hey man you were really good for Force Blue I got to tell you that Force Blue was really good for me um, and so with that being said, I'm thankful that, you know, Jim and Keith and Rudy came into my life, um, because they were able to broaden and all the people, the subject matter experts that force blue brought with them to really expose me to that type of, um, you know, including you, I still remember a talk that, that we, were, we were at the state department. And I remember when you said, when you passed around those dinosaur fossils, and, you know, and we were talking about, you know, not letting the ocean reefs go extinct on our watch. And I don't know, I don't know if you remember that. 
Um, but that's, it resonated with me. And, you know, so I am very thankful that, you know, the introduction to force blue and what it has brought into my life. And hopefully I can just, all the knowledge that I have from the training that I received, I'm hopeful that I can push it on to every person that that's out there. Gosh, Angelo, what a great attitude you have. And I, I let me, for the audience, let me, let me kind of, uh, paint a picture here. Angelo glossed over what is an incredibly technical and accomplished diving career. So what he brings to Force Blue is incredible skills. And so his, his leadership in dive operations, it's an incredibly good fit and how I think it must have been meant to be for Rudy and you to have come into contact. Uh, so terrific. And uh, thank you for your service. Again, my wife served in your community and I, I know uh, I backed her classmate, I think, was in charge of the unit at Panama City for a time. I, I went to her retirement. And uh, but wonderful, wonderful things here. Uh, I'd like to move on to, to Gonzo Gonzalez here. Gonzo, you and I, you were a Navy SEAL. I worked at the SEAL headquarters for a time. I know a lot of your teammates. And, um, and you also bring incredible skill and a story. I'd love to know your story uh, about your career and what connected you to Force Blue. Sure, sure. Yes, sir. So I joined the Navy uh, back in 1982 out of New Orleans. Um, there were no books or movies about SEALs. Uh, so I was uh, I became a machinist, machine repairman. Uh, basically, you make parts and, and things like that, you know, on the ship. So I served on the ships for a number of years. Uh, I was on the Navy boxing team for a few years. And then some guys came on board one of my ships. They didn't look like us. They didn't act like us. And I said, well, who are those guys? And they said, those are SEALs. And I was like, what's a SEAL? I don't know. Uh, so I went and talked with them, and I knew that's the job for me. So um, it did take me a while. Uh, um, I, it took me a while to get to BUDS. Um, and But once I did, uh, I was able to, uh, to graduate with class 218. Uh, a funny note is that I attended BUDS at the young age of 32 years old. Uh, which is uh, Yes, yeah, sir. Yes, which is quite rare. Uh, I had to get a waiver. I had to get an age waiver. And uh, then I went to uh, uh, East Coast SEAL teams, and I, I did the majority of my time there, uh, Team 2, Team 4. I did some instructor time, and uh, then I finished my tour as the operations master chief uh, at Little Creek. So uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed my time in the military, time in, in the SEAL teams, and uh, then I had separated, or excuse me, I retired and uh, I got hold of uh, Force Blue, came up. Uh, we're, uh, the NFL was looking for a partner to work uh, in a project uh, in, uh, in Miami in support of the Super Bowl. I had heard of Force Blue from, from some other uh, fellow SEALs and knew that, hey, this is the group that needs to spearhead this with the NFL as well as the scientific partners. And that's how uh, I became exposed to Force Blue fell in love with the mission, fell in love with the guys. And as soon as I could, um, I became a member of the team and uh, I've enjoyed it uh, ever since. Wow. Wow. So again, for the audience, we're talking to uh, a master chief seal here. This is, this is a serious professional and accomplished one. So the, the level of, of capability on this team of force blue is really remarkable. And I want to go back to Jim because part of the origin story is Hurricane Maria came into Florida and did a bunch of damage to coral reefs. And it was the kind of work that NOAA's Coral Reef Conservation Program and the, uh, the Department of Natural Resources of Florida just did not have the skills to address. 
And so I'd love to learn about how Force Blue brought its unique capability uh, to that problem. It just illustrates sort of a, a really a perfect timing of, of, of capability and need all coming together to uh, bring attention to your, your incredible organization. Yeah, it was it was actually very uh, serendipitous. We use, we use the word serendipity a lot, um, kind of describing the last five years of, of our of our uh, evolution. So we had, um, you know, as Ann said, we met Ange in, in 2016 and we spent a long time obviously getting, you know, paperwork in to become a 501c3 and uh, be able to raise funding. We all, we had an eye toward um, doing a one training deployment to take six individuals from all different branches of special operations, you know, Navy SEALs like Gonzo, recon Marines like Rudy, Air Force Power Rescuemen, Army SF. We even had a, a British Royal Marine as part of our, our first training deployment. So we went back to Cayman and spent two weeks with uh, a cadre of incredible subject matter experts um, from the marine scientific community, basically instructing these six trainees on all aspects of, uh, you know, everything from coral restoration to, um, you know, uh, understanding fisheries and fish populations. And uh, so anyway, it was a, it was a real proof of concept for us. We documented the whole thing. We actually made a, a documentary film about it. But what happened was, you know, because it looked good on paper, but it also looked challenging, right? You're talking about individuals from two very different worlds, marine scientific community and the military, special operations military coming together. And we didn't know how that was going to work. Uh, and it worked better than we could have ever hoped. Uh, so we knew coming out of, you know, this was early 2017, that initial training that we had something, but we needed work, right? We needed to go put that into application. And as you mentioned, um, Hurricane Irma hit uh, South Florida and the Florida Keys that fall. And uh, someone from NOAA who had um, who had heard of us, who coincidentally... Um, went to school uh, with one of our, our our SEALs that was part of the initial training deployment, invited us to come down to the Keys and to basically help repair uh, the reefs that had been damaged. Because, you know, if you think about the damage you see, uh, you know, terrestrially when a hurricane strikes, well, it's the same damage, you know, to the reefs. I mean, it basically looked like somebody had taken a hammer into a, you know, into a china shop and smashed the reef. So that was our first actual deployment where we were able to go out and help uh, the scientists, the NOAA scientists, um, you know, repair some of the damage that had been caused. And I, I think we acquitted ourselves very well, so much so, in fact, that, you know, two months later when Hurricane Maria came through and and, and particularly damaged Puerto Rico, we were then sent uh, to do the same thing in Puerto Rico the Ocean Conservancy heard about us, invited us to go back a second time to Puerto Rico and do more work. Um, we documented that. And that really kind of gave us the bona fides that, you know, this is an amazing team that can, uh, can accomplish uh, a lot. And I think that it's, it's, we've just been, you know, ever since then, we've just been, um, we've just keep going, you know, keep doing, finding more things and evolve our skill set. So it was, uh, you know, I hate to I hate to call hurricanes serendipitous, 
but I think it it happened at a, at the exact right time when we needed to be able to prove ourselves, and we did. Well, right, Jim and Gonzo knows this. I remember working with Naval Special Warfare, and their mantra was, "If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger." And that's what adversity is. It's a chance to grow. And you, you, you proved your mettle during that time. And, and then from there, just a, a string of victories. Um, let, let me go to Ange there about uh, the 100 Yards of Hope project you all did uh, to restore a patch of reef along the uh, Florida coastline. Uh, that, that, that is another one where it just sort of launched you into um, more exposure and brought you opportunity to prove your credibility with the scientific community. And so, Ange, I, I saw you in the film that was you produced from that effort, and I'd love to know your your thoughts and your your feelings about that experience, and maybe you could share with the audience what that was that whole project was about. Yeah. So, what was really interesting were with the full circle on that. Now, obviously, we just talked about uh, Hurricane Irma, Hurricane Maria, but the funny story that we were after coming out of uh, Grand Cayman, basically, we were a football team just practicing every day with no game. And we ended up, uh, you know, Hurricane Maria comes along, Hurricane Irma comes along, and we go down. We 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 end up on this project down in uh, in the in in down in the Keys, and I'll never forget it. I, it's it's a very clear description. That was myself, Roger Sparks, Nathan Quinn, and Jonathan Slayer, and we're standing there, and Jim Ritterhoff is standing in front of us with a white force blue shirt on and a blue watch cap. And he's receiving, we're receiving directions from one of the colleagues from NOAA, a gentleman by the name of Tom Moore. And what ended up happening, what Tom was describing was basically we were going to be heavy lifters, moving stuff around and just extraordinary stuff. And you have to follow this because it leads right into 100 Yards of Hope. Um, and after Tom left, Jim just, I see Jim nodding his head, nodding his head, nodding his head. And then Tom leaves and Jim turns around and looks at us and says, can we do that? So it was like one of those things that in the look on his face, I said, yeah, Jim, it's going to be very easy. It'll be like moving a couch from one room to the next. So uh, that being said, we ended up moving all of this, all of these like flipping huge, oh, large coral heads over that were flipped over in the sand. And there was one in particular that was down off the coast of Key West. And it was a huge piece of, of, um, of uh, a pillar coral and in the pillar coral. And as you know, Tim, that, you know, pillar corals is very endangered through the coral reef track. This portion represented a large portion of the remaining factor that was left and it was deemed unrepairable. And so they left it out into the sand and it was going to wither away. And Tom Moore was like, I know some guys, I think that they can do this. And basically what happened was, because we had no protocols or anything, Tom Moore said, hey, over at that buoy, you might find something. And if you do find something, put it over here. So we happened to find this huge piece of coral that was the size of a Volkswagen. And, um, you know, I had Roger Sparks with me, who was a pararescue man. And, you know, I asked him, I said, Roger, one thing that those guys can do is they can rig bridles. Like these guys are used to jumping in a jungle, slinging stuff around you and yanking you out of a jungle back into a helo in about 20 seconds. So, you know, Roger was able to rig a bridle. We were able to lift this enormous uh, piece of pillar coral and float it back up to where it needed to be and position it. But, you know, it was in the middle of nowhere. And in August, when the pillar coral spawn um, or all the corals down there and spawning, um, it would spawn, but there would be nothing close by for it to, to, to mate with. 
And the scientists, they were able to capture some of the larva from it, the sperm from, of the eggs from it, and they transported it up to um, the Florida Aquarium where they grew it in the lab. And eventually when we went on to build 100 Yards of Hope three years later, um, that same specimen was the corals that we added into 100 Yards of Hope. So it came full circle that here was, here was a piece of coral that was deemed unrepairable, left out in the sand just to wither away and die. But we were able to, we were able to position it into the sun, into, the, into where it needed to be. And the thing that stuck out in my mind when we talk about a community coming together was the amount of fish that came back to this piece of coral, the color that came back into it immediately when we repositioned it. And it was very unique because that was the coral that we utilized, a portion of the coral that we utilized up on 100 Yards of Hope. Wow, what a great example. Thanks for being so specific about that. I, I love it when we really talk uh, at like how things are done level and you got things done and just fantastic. And so I did see the film and I did see the effort of 100 Yards of Hope. And we just had spoken earlier to Jim about um, how that reef is now flourishing or that section of reef. Um, really terrific to hear a comment about Tom Moore. So I had a really good gig when I was the deputy administrator of NOAA. And one of my trips, uh, I went out to the Calabra and uh, got to dive on some of the, uh, yeah, some of the reefs being restored there. Great work there. Were you off Calabra too? I was at the I was at Calabra because Tom, when we were finishing up on the uh, the Irma project, Tom was like, you know, hey, I got to get you down to Puerto Rico with me. And I was like, you know what? It's going to be three weeks. And I was like, I really don't have that kind of time. But my wife convinced me to do it. And I went. And again, that piece of section that you dove in Calabra, um, the thing that stuck in my mind when I first got there, it looked like a boneyard. Mm. And all yeah. of the bone, like just all of these brain corals were just stacked up. And it looked like something from the movie Terminator. And we were able to spend about 10 days there. And just lifting those coral heads, those brain corals, and repositioning them and just cementing them back down to I eventually think, believe when you went back, you saw a lush garden. That's right. Oh, yeah. I mean, really healthy brain corals, very colorful. Yeah, good job. I'll say that right now. Great job. Well, Ange, thank you. Uh, there's, there's so much to cover, but this has just been so fun. Um, but let's talk about, I'm going to go back to you, Jim, quickly um, and say, you know, you this good work has attracted incredible attention. So this 100 Yards Hope Project, let, let's bring in the fact that this was an NFL sponsored effort. Could you explain how that how that was, Jim, and the ties to the Super Bowl? Yeah, it's, and it's, it's very interesting. It's been it's been really one of the, the um, awesome. I won't call it a surprise, but it's been one of the awesome um uh, benefits that we've seen over the last six years is the, the attention that we're starting to generate, right? So uh, as, Gonzo, as Gonzo mentioned, you know, back in, in 2018, um, just prior to the, the Super Bowl, which was going to be in Miami, and it was also it happened to be the NFL's 100th season, the anniversary of uh, their 100th season. And they asked us, you know, they like typically the NFL likes to leave a legacy when it goes into a community for a big event like the Super Bowl. And um, they had never typically, you know, they'll plant trees or, or pollinator gardens. They have an environmental side where they always want to try to do something environmentally, but it's always been terrestrial. So they said, hey, could you guys plant 100 pieces of coral 
off of Miami in honor of the Super Bowl and the 100th season, we said, sure, um, but that's going to take, you know, 20 minutes. And, and they were like, okay. So we had, you know, 10 boats out and helicopters and press and, and the NF, people from the NFL. And we did it in about 20 minutes and it was great. Everybody loved it, but we sort of looked at it and said, that was a great, you know, it was an awesome PR opportunity. But what if we did something a little bit more environmentally significant? What if we outplanted an entire football field of coral, uh, coral ecosystem um, restoration, and we called it 100 Yards of Hope? Oh, and by the way, the Super Bowl next year is in Tampa, so it's not going anywhere. Like, you're going to be here for the year. What if we looped in from Tampa, where the Super Bowl is going, the Florida Aquarium, who, as Angelo pointed out, is raising a lot of these corals in their lab and we make it a year long project and the NFL said, let's do it. So kudos to them, but we were able to get uh, folks like Pepsi and Verizon. I mean, these are organizations that, you know, massive, um, you know, consumer product organizations that have never really been involved in coral restoration, but they saw the value because of our story and what we were doing. They got on board. We got private sector, public sector, you know, veterans, scientists, civilians all coming together to do this project, which took, you know, uh, a year and a half to complete. And then we documented it and it was so um, amazing. We were able to actually show uh, the finished product, the, the film, um, uh, at a screening just prior to the Super Bowl in Tampa. So. You know, I think we've been tracking a lot of the missions and projects we've done have have received national attention. But to be able to have a, a partner like the NFL or, or Pepsi or Verizon, that's a whole nother level of, of amplification of our story. And I'm so delighted because even now, you know, now there's federal legislation pending. You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, a bill was introduced called the Don Young Veterans Advancing Conservation Act into Congress by Representative Darren Soto from Florida that would enable organizations like Force Blue to access federal funding to train individuals like Angelo and Gonzo to repurpose their skills they already have from the military in this fight to preserve our marine environment. And that's a game changer for us. And that never would have happened if, you know, the NFL hadn't called us and said, hey, we have this idea. So we are incredibly uh, appreciative of all the partners, all the, the, the donors who, who've helped us get to this point. But it, you know, we're at that, we're at that tipping point where I think uh, in five years, Force Blue could be this ubiquitous entity that is operating not just around the United States, but around the world. So it's, it's been an amazing, um, amazing climb, I guess you would call it. Oh, yeah. And you're you're going to keep it up. I mean, this is such a great thing to see. And I, I want to talk about you raising it up to the national level all across the country uh, in a second. But just for the audience, just remember that last point, the Veterans Advancing Conservation Act, VACA. This is something we want passed and we want hopefully to see more federal funding flow from it in years to come. I think it's only a modest authorization. It lists it's about a, it's about a million dollars per year. Is that right, Jim? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get that thing uh, put in, 
put into law and then we'll just start expanding it. But but good for you. Uh, I want to go back to Gonzo, though, because part of this NFL effort involved and you're the events, coor- events coordinator, I believe, and special projects coordinator for Force Blue. And I went to a few of these events to promote the organization and it's good work. And I remember meeting uh, who's the Miami Dolphins receiver. Um, what's his name again? That was with us. Mac Hollins. Mac Hollins, what an athlete, my gosh, and what a great advocate. So could you talk a little bit about that work you've done to drum up all the support and, and hold these events, which have really just galvanized the public? Yes, sir. Yeah. So the great thing about it is the messaging that we have. Uh, you know, you have veterans, you have scientists who are coming together, which is not normally a natural uh, partnership, but it just works. And uh, people are interested in, in both. They're interested in supporting their veterans and then when you have uh, special, opera- special operations veterans, even more so, then that will really pique in their interest. And it allows us to convey the message that the scientists would like to convey to the general public. And then you have the partnership where we're diving together, working on these projects. So it really, uh, really helps us uh, you know, to get that word out for everybody involved. And then when we engage with the local cities, uh, governments that we're engaging at the government level, corporations, and individuals who truly want to help both. A lot of people will say, well, what can I do? It's just me. What can I do? Well, you could do a lot. You can just research and learn more about Force Blue and how we're working with our scientific partners. And then once they do that, then they want to get involved. And so we've had screenings of uh, 100 Yards of Hope in Miami and Tampa. We've held some private screenings. And then we have the, the dives that we're doing as well. We're, we're branching out west. The majority of our dives have been in the, in the lovely Sunshine State, but we were branching out west. We had a dive in uh, Los Angeles in support of last year's Super Bowl, which sadly my Saints didn't make it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so we had, so, but it also allows our veterans with each, each dive. Like, so we had that dive in Los Angeles with the kelp beds, and now we have a potential dive project in Virginia Beach with with oyster beds. And then we have another dive that we're working in Charleston. And it allows our veterans to not only impact one region of our country, but also to increase their intellectual capital by learning more about, okay, I've been doing coral restoration. I've done some sea turtle uh, missions. I've done some dolphin stuff. Oh, well now let me learn now about kelp bed restoration. Let me learn about oyster bed rest- restoration. Let me learn about the coral reef efforts off the coast of uh, South Carolina. So by by having these different events, it allows us to really uh, have our veterans continue to grow, expand our, our, uh, our uh, organization, if you will, as far as our engagement with other organizations, other individuals, other corporations, so everybody can learn more. And it's fun. It's fun from for me for two perspectives. Because my first dive with Force Blue was the first open circuit dive that I had done in the ocean in over 20 years. Gosh. And, wow. Yes, sir. And so the majority of my dives were in the middle of the night in places where the water was freezing cold or the visibility was like, if I could extend my arm out from my face, that was the extent of my visibility. Well, then here I am diving in Key Biscayne on the 100 Yards of Hope project. And as Angelo said, the first time you plant, I planted a piece of coral, 
I went back to the scientist who helped me, uh, handed me another piece of coral. And by the time I went back to that place where I was planting that coral, there was already marine life enjoying it, already, you know, just seeing what's going on there. To see that instant gratification, that instant uh, impact that I had on on uh, on these species on the on our planet was truly moving to me. As corny as that sounds, it really moved me. So now, fast forward as a as a member of the staff of Force Blue and bringing in other special operations veterans, it's wonderful to see them experience the same thing that I experienced. And you could ask Jim, Angelo, and I'm sure you can see it yourself, sir, is that when that happens, it, it just makes it so worthwhile uh, because now you know that, you know, not only my impact in the life of a fellow veteran, I'm also impacting our oceans, our marine environment, and our planet. So uh, it's one of the one wonderful things about uh, having the position that I do with Force Blue is watching the impact nationally on our on our on our coral reefs, on our kelp beds, our oyster beds, all of our marine projects, but also on our veterans. And then, as Jim said, we hope to eventually take it uh, globally to where we we can impact uh, other areas of the world and other special operations veterans. How good is that? Gosh, John Gonzo, I love your story. You know, the I'm a career oceanographer. And to see someone like you, uh, Master Chief Seal, retired, and a very accomplished technical diver, have that that response to the wonders of the ocean, it moves me and it inspires me like never before. And so one thing I would like the audience to take away is that, so Force Blue started as a very small, aspiring nonprofit centered in Florida, focused on coral reefs, and as as Gonzo described, now we're going national. And I say we, because I am on the board of directors, and gladly so. And uh, so we see impacts now around the country, kelp beds in California, oyster beds in Carolina and, um, and Virginia Beach. And of course, the coral work we already described. And this is so wonderful. And this, these are all major blue economy efforts, I think. And, and what win-win with our veterans and our ocean and the economy, it's really win, win, win. And, and and it's part of this branching out nationally. There are two really inspiring efforts, this outpost program and the Ocean Conservation School. So maybe I'll go to Jim and ask you, Jim, quickly to describe the Ocean Conservation School and, um, and how that factors into uh, Forest Blue's current and future plans. Yeah, uh, you know, we launched it in March of this year, our OCS, you know, in the military OCS stands for Officer Candidate School, but we, we took that acronym and changed it to Ocean Conservation School. And, um, you know, up till now, over the last five years, we've basically been very successful at deploying our special operations veterans to work with the scientists on these marine, as Gonzo just laid out, all these marine, different marine conservation projects. But part of that growth for, the, for our veterans is now understanding, is, is taking them and letting them become mentors, right, for the next generation of marine scientists and conservationists. We very much view this as a fight uh, to save our oceans, to preserve our marine resources. And as part of that fight, we need to be bringing along the next generation of people who can... Um, you know, carry that torch forward, right? So we had this idea of what if we created a four-day 
uh, program, a camp, basically, school, where we would teach um, kids, you know, get them their open water scuba certification. So kind of from zero to hero in their initial dive training, all the while kind of throwing in marine conservation uh, education around it. And then add a third layer, which is veteran mentorship, which really uh, everything from PT in the morning to, you know, uh, this is how we do things. This is how we present ourselves to the, you know, to the world. A lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot of uh, emphasis placed on, on duty and honor, right, and service. Uh, and we create this four-day program. Wouldn't that be awesome? So we, we spent several months building it. And we decided for our first, uh, uh, you know, group of students, we would we would use Gold Star family members. Uh, you know, if you're not familiar with Gold Star family members, they are the sons and daughters of um, individuals who who um, you know were killed in service, uh, military service to our country, right? So obviously something that resonates very deeply with uh, everyone at Force Blue. Uh, so we were able to take 11 Gold Star family members, you know, boys and girls, and and in in a place called Vortex Spring, Florida, test drive this four day program. And it, Tim, when I tell you it, um, you know, there wasn't a dry eye in the house, you know, throughout the course of the four days. I mean, it was really moving and inspiring, and it absolutely works. So again, much like our initial training deployment. You know, and said earlier, we were a you know football team just training without a game. Well, now we've branched into another, a whole nother area, which is this this veteran mentorship. And I'm so excited to say that uh, again with some of the sponsors we've had on board for that, from uh, Pepsi and and Go Ruck, and as Gonzo alluded, we've been able to partner with organizations like the Green Beret Foundation, the Marine Corps Scholarship Foundation. Power Rescue Foundation, who all have kids that that they want to uh, have experience Force Blue OCS. We just see it as as uh, you know something we're going to continually build. Um, you know, not just for for children of of military veterans, but for you know kids across America. So we're really excited. Hopefully, we've got plans. We're going to the Super Bowl this year in Phoenix, and um, we've already putting in in place plans to hold an OCS in Phoenix for some kids who maybe have never even seen the ocean, you know, but can learn to dive, can learn about it, hopefully fall in love with it. And, and, you know, uh, heed this call to service that is really at the, at the core of force blue. So we're, couldn't be more excited. And I could not be more proud of your work, Jim. That's just such a great, great effort. Uh, I was, I was honored actually, McCarran and I to at least donate one seat uh, for a student uh, this year, so let's just let's grow that out. I ask our audience to think think about donating to Force Blue and this Ocean Conservation School for Gold Star families and later all all young people working to get into the ocean conservation world. There's so much good there, Jim. And whose idea was that? It's just brilliant. Well, I think you know that's the great thing about about Force Blue. I, I don't think any of us could tell you whose idea any of the things we've done are, it's all of our ideas. You know, it, it, our motto is one team, one fight. And, you know, a lot of organizations have mottos, uh, but that's not what, we have mantras and, and we have things that we live by and that's one of them. You know? So 
we're, you know, we're all, we're all fathers and mothers of this thing. And, and that's, that's exactly the way we, we, we want it to be. Yes, good. And actually, I wanted to have on one of those mothers, and that's Patty Gross, your dive safety officer, but she couldn't make it. And so we're going to bring her on the next episode when I talk about leading women wave makers in the blue economy. So just keep that in mind. But another part of your national growth is this outpost program. And I, I think this is another brilliant one because it's not just special forces veterans. Now you want to bring in more veterans. And Ange, can you talk a little bit about that effort? So one of our the partners that we have, I mean, you know, we, I, obviously I'm the director for diving for Force Blue and it's my primary job and, you know, it's my, you know, my passion, and my love. But anybody who's in the 501c3 business knows that, you know, nonprofit is a, it's a tough, it's a tough arena. And so I have a side hustle job where it's a, um, uh, I'm the vice president of NAWI Worldwide. And um, so I've been able to take the training organization um, that over at NAWI, uh, which is like, you know, very, you know, one of the oldest and most, one of a very prestigious organization. And I've been able to take a lot of the things that NAWI has to offer, um, get it pushed through certain organizations and then being able to advance Force Blue's agenda by utilizing that that collaboration, um, and one of the things that Nawi was able to do was to get uh, veterans vet benefits approved through the VA. So they were any veteran who has a post nine eleven or has any money left on their GI bills, they can utilize their money for for training to you know for training. And then what happened was Nawi has a series of VA testing centers, VA approved testing centers throughout the United States. Now it's the world because they've taken it global. So again, we were able to marry it over at Force Blue, partner up with NAWI and utilize this program to send veterans into outposts, you know, across the country to utilize their educational benefits to scale themselves up to learn, you know, get to a certain level to where they can come out and participate in some of our marine conservation work and volunteer. Well, that's, uh, and so tell me, you have, you've done one of these already? Which, which outpost is your, your first? So the first, the first initial one that we launched was in conjunction with the OCS, mm. the Ocean Conservation School. It was Vortex Springs down in um, uh, Ponce de Leon, Florida. Uh, just a great partnership. Um, Angela Dockery and her organization, uh, they just, I can't even, they just rolled out the red carpet. And it was just a tremendous experience. And uh, it was, you know, it was spiritual, you know, uh, I mean? yes. so, you know, it was just, you know, for what she did for us. And, and then that whole message was able to uh, trickle down to the uh, Gold Star kids. That it just, so it was just a, an amazing experience. Gosh, great. Hey, and, and so tell me, what's the next outpost on the horizon? So we're opening right now. So we're launching right. We, we have on target, we have about 70 outposts that are going to be going across the United States. Captain Hook's down in the Keys. Spencer, uh, Spencer has one down there uh, in, in um, Tavernier. But the, I mean, Captain Hooks does an awesome job down in the lower Big Pine Key area. Um, Eye Care is up there now. Oh, yeah. In, uh, Yep, yep, they're they're up there in uh, northern Florida, uh, northern Keys. But let me interrupt so, you quick. The, the part one of the members of I Care is a retired four star admiral, Admiral 
Kurt Tidd, yes, active yes. member, yeah, yes. Southcom commander, and now that's his passion is coral reef restoration. So it's like a, Jim keeps using the word serendipitous. I mean, obviously, we're it's so intertwined that you know there is no. It just seems like, you know, somebody like, you know, like the bar napkin, you know, like we have an idea and then all of a sudden like it grows into a fruition and you're like, where the heck did this thing come from? So and next thing you know, we're just like, that's a great idea. Let's roll with it. And it turns into a, you know, it's there's a huge, I mean, love for the ocean and people have to understand how important it is to us. So, um, you know, it's just that simple. And we you know, put that message out. Well said. Absolutely. Uh, let me go to Gonzo and ask, so what's the, what's the next uh, event that you're coordinating that you might want our listeners to know about, look out for, or maybe even attend? So, uh, yeah, before I get to our next event, I had the joy of, of serving with Commodore Tid. That's how old I am. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I was a, a lonely E6 and he was Commodore and this was in support of uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom. And uh, he was in charge of our forces, and he was a fantastic, fantastic Commodore, fantastic commanding officer. So he's and now, fast forward mm. years later, uh, he's a he's a wonderful, wonderful man to uh, to reengage with. Uh, is yes, sir. So, but our next big event is uh, we have um, we are planning for the uh, South Carolina. We're going to have our mission there to uh, rebuild and build up a coral reef. Uh, with a, one of our board members, Tom Mulliken. He has a mission down there, and uh, that's going to be our next big event that we have that, uh, that the public can, uh, can look into. Uh, and then they can also go to our website, uh, forcebluteam.org, and they can see uh, our schedules, uh, our, de- our upcoming deployments, and um, a volunteer calendar. So if they go to forcebluteam.org, click on the volunteer calendar and they will see that we have uh, the reef installation. Uh, we're going to have a couple of marine debris removal operations in Miami, one in Miami, one in Clearwater. Okay. Yes, sir. And then uh, we will be doing a, uh, a snail removal operation and river cleanup in support of next year's Super Bowl in the uh, Scottsdale Phoenix uh, area. So uh, once again, yeah, they can go to forcebluteam.org and they'll see our volunteer calendar. They just click on the get involved link and it tells you exactly what we have coming up. Um, and it gives you the information. And then if they want to, uh, we'll have the links where they can uh, register a volunteer and, uh, and go from there. That's terrific. Gonzo, that's interesting to me. I'm learning something new every day about you all. And so this is, are these snails invasive species in which river? Uh, yes, sir. It's in the Salt River uh, in, in the Phoenix area. And yes, they are an invasive species that we're going to help to uh, remove and, and uh, repurpose uh, to protect that the uh, indigenous life there um, in, in the Salt River. And we'll be working with our, our partners, our scientific partners, and um, in that area to uh, – once again, just engage with the local community in support of the Super Bowls, uh, get our veterans involved. And we are working, looking to engage with actually uh, local Native American uh, individuals also uh, to, uh, to bring it all, all uh, full circle, if you will, and, uh, and, uh, and support uh, Arizona, the Super Bowl, our veterans, and the local, uh, local area. 
Great to hear. You know, I'm of course used to things like lionfish and uh, of course there's certain other uh, like urchins are, are really causing trouble for kelp beds, but this is new to me and it's great to hear that you are just always branching out. I happen to be the co-chair of the National Invasive Species Committee and love to see the connections here, Gonzo. Boy, we could spend all day on this, uh, but unfortunately we're kind of at time. So I'm going to just go around the horn and ask if anybody has any final thoughts or contributions. Uh, let me start with Angelo Fiore, Diving Operations uh, Lead at Force Blue. You know, thank you, Tim. Um, I, I just can't say enough about just how thankful um, that you're first off involved with our board uh, because the amount of uh, legitimacy that just to come that you bring to us, um, we're just so honored to even be associated. So I thank you for that. And um, we just want to keep grinding away and just keep making um, a great, keep carrying a great message forward. And, you know, as our mantra is, you know, it's we're on a mission to preserve and restore. Amen. And it's my honor. It is my honor, Angelo, to be associated with this fine team and you. Uh, Gonzo, Steve Gonzalez, Special Events Coordinator. Uh, any last thoughts for the audience? I'd just like to echo what Angelo said about having you on our board. Uh, appreciate you wanting to get the word out about Force Blue, uh, what we do for our veterans and for our planet. And uh, just to reiterate, once again, if anybody has any questions, if there can interested in uh, more about Force Blue, just to check out our website, forcebluteam.org, and they can learn more. And uh, just want to give a big shout out to you, Admiral, from the Master Chief. Ah, blue yeah, <laughs> Gonzo, thank you. And CEO Jim Ritterhoff, uh, any final thoughts? Yeah, Tim, and again, I want to echo what, what Gonzo and Angelo just said. Uh, what a joy it is to have you uh, involved with us. Um, your, de your decision to join our board was one of those moments that I think 10 years from now, we'll look back and say, that's, you know, that was a turning point. So I, I appreciate, um, appreciate everything you've done for Force Blue and continue to do. I would just encourage people to visit our website, as Gonzo said, forcebluteam.org. Uh, we mentioned earlier, the Don Young Veterans Advancing Conservation Act. You'll actually on our homepage, see a button you can click that will take you to a letter that we are asking people all over the country to sign in support of this important piece of legislation that would help immensely uh, organizations like Forest Blue be able to train and deploy more veterans uh, in this fight to preserve our marine resources. So uh, if anybody has a spare minute uh, and they want to visit the website, click on the button, please sign the letter. We are going to be going to D.C. Uh, I think we're going to see you there, Tim, for yes. Capital Oceans Week coming up here in early June. And we're going to be meeting with legislators up and down the hill, hopefully uh, promoting, you know, asking them to come on board. And it sure would be powerful if we were able to say we had, you know, a thousand, ten thousand signatures of, of Americans who believe uh, in this idea of continued service and repurposing and redeploying our, our veterans to engage in a, a mission that actually betters them as well as the planet. So um, please, you know, visit our website and if you can take two minutes and just sign that letter. Well, there we have it. A call to action. I think it's www.forcebluteam.com. It's the Veterans Advancing Conservation Act. Uh, I'm on your team and proud to be, Jim. Thank you. And we're going to get this done for sure. 
Uh, what an awesome show. This has been incredible. And at this latest leg of our journey, uh, I want to thank our audience for tuning in in this latest episode of the American Blue Economy podcast. We were joined by leaders of Force Blue, an organization committed to helping veterans heal themselves and the ocean, which we know is critical to a sustainable American blue economy. I want to thank our sponsors at the American Shoreline Podcast Network and Coastal News Today. Please join us for our June episode. We will look at leading women wave makers in the American blue economy. This is your host, Admiral Tim Gallaudet, CEO of Ocean STL Consulting. Thank you for joining us, shipmates. I look forward to getting underway with you next time. Mm-hmm.